Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 145 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, welcome to this week's episode. This is our season seven finale. I am so excited. We've gone through another season, another 20-something episodes with you guys, and it's been bomb as fuck. So thank you for getting us here. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Go back and listen to some of the old episodes. Don't just hop in for this one. We welcome you to our tribe here. I am excited for our guest today because... um. She's someone I've been following for a long, long time, and I'm excited to share and and possibly introduce some of you to Glamazon Tayomi. She is a sexpert, a pleasure trainer. She's fucking amazing. She's a model. She does all these incredible things, and we have a dope, empowering talk um, about sex education, technique, um, she gives so many great tips about how to find your inner vixen, um, speaking up and advocating for yourself and your pleasure, um, with your partners. And we have a bomb conversation about how she is personally training women to be dick assassins. I share my own personal story with this. Okay. Like for real, I go there. She's been featured everywhere. She has the receipts. You've seen her on Huffington Post, Essence.com, Vice.com, Shape.com, Playboy Radio, Sirius XM, Vice. Like, she's been everywhere. She's the bomb.com. So I am just really excited to have her here and hopefully introduce a lot of you to her amazing work. So stick around for that conversation. All right, let's hop into my pick of the week. And uh, this week it is um, another... Baltimore woman you may know her Jada Pinkett Smith (laughs) shout out to her for um two things I'm taking away from that whole red table talk one don't whenever you get big enough do not release any statements on any situations on any social media whatever sis released her statement through an avenue in which she's gonna get paid and made history as Facebook watches most watched video ever. So boss move. Okay. And to thank you for introducing us to a new way to use the word entanglement. Um, I thought that was clever. <laughs> it gave me a hearty chuckle. And uh, as always, the internet took it and ran with it and gave us all laughter. So Booney's pick of the week, Baltimore's own Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> I honestly didn't even watch the whole thing. I think I got maybe like seven minutes in before I was just like, I honestly just don't care. And I saw the entanglement clip, but the memes and videos were all gold and the internet did what it always does. Makes us laugh. So thanks girl. Um, housekeeping really quick. It's not much because we're wrapping up the season. Uh, feedback from last week's episode with Whitney Jones. Uh, Booney, thank you so much for doing an episode on home decor. I just started listening to your show this season, and you have truly lived up to your tagline of responsible and ratchet. I uh, did not know the episode I started listening on was Harry Booty Holes, and next thing I know, I'm ready to redecorate my house. <laughs> so thank you so much. 
That's what we're all about here. Versatility. <laughs> Diversity of thought. <laughs> so thank you for that feedback. Uh, season eight will premiere on Monday, August 31st. So go ahead and mark your calendars. It's going to be a few weeks without your weekly dose of Boonie and friends and guests. Uh, but yeah, season eight, Monday, August 31st. Also, we have a coupon code for all of your Boonie Breakdown merch items over at theboonybreakdown.com. You can use the code FINALE, all cap letters, F-I-N-A-L-E, for 15% off orders over $20. So go grab your whole bags, your responsible and ratchet t-shirts, your dream bigger bitch mugs, whatever item you feel. So head on over to use that code. It is in the show notes as well. You guys know we were trying to reach 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, um, and we are so, so, so very close. I want to thank MSW Maven for leaving a five-star review. It says, super relatable content. I really love this podcast. I found it pre-corona 2020, and it's been amazing to listen to. I laugh, I learn, and it challenges me sometimes to do more work on myself. I recommend it to everyone. Love you, Booney. And I love you too, girl. So thank you for that five-star review. I believe we only need two more, two or three more to get to 105 star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening to this on an iPhone, iPad, listening on your MacBook, your iWatch, whatever, any Apple device, you can head on over into Apple Podcasts. Uh, you will have to search for the Boonie Breakdown, scroll down, hit write review, tap those five stars and hit submit. And that is it. It's five easy, five easy steps for five star reviews. And while you have your phones out, uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Boonie Breakdown. On Twitter, we're just at Boonie Breakdown. And when sharing this episode, please be sure to tag us. Use the hashtag The Boonie Breakdown and the hashtag pod in P-O-D-I-N. Uh, tag us in your Insta stories. Put it on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever. Uh, text it to a friend. Send it out in an email blast. Whatever you need to do to help us share the word here. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, so again, thank you so much for listening this season, getting us to season seven, 145 episodes. It's all because of you guys, and I greatly appreciate it. So that is it for me. So we're going to get ready to get into this conversation with Glamazon Tayomi, and let's get ready to break it down. All right, guys, it's your girl, Boonie, and I'm really excited for this episode because I don't even think Tayomi knows this, but I think I tried to get her on my podcast before and whatever, it did work out, but timing is everything, and I'm excited to have you with me now, so thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I Okay, I'm going to take it back. I think my first introduction to you was on Twitter, Titty Tuesday. Yeah, you know what? It's so funny you mentioned that because um, I kind of like dropped Titty Tuesday off ever since Snapchat deleted me. But I see others <laughs> have taken it up and they're still kind of like pushing it and putting it out there, which I appreciate because I, I kind of had I gave it a resurgence because back in like the early 2010s, mm-hmm. Titty Tuesday was a thing on Twitter. And then it kind of just like... 
It died I don't know. off. It, it died really off. Did. <laughs> and then I brought it back on Snapchat and it just became this big thing. Yeah. Why did Snapchat delete you? Girl, I have no idea. I was in Cabo living my best life. September 1st, I go on to check, you know, to try to like post something in the morning before flying back to the States. And then it just said that they deleted me. And I was like, you know what? Forget you guys. I'm not even going to fight this because Snapchat takes up a lot of my time anyway. So see ya. Yeah. And I remember you used to do on Snapchat. Okay. Now I feel like a, like a, a stalker a little bit, but I remember you. (laughs) You know, you follow me. That's a, you know, I do to consume. So (laughs) (laughs) but I remember you used to do the hookups. Um, Yes. That was my favorite thing to do because like, I felt like if you have all these followers and you have the ability to like connect people, why not? And then literally people are married and together and have children because of Matchmaker Monday. Like, that's so dope. <laughs> it is. That's wild to me. Like, And then some people have found like their best friends. They may not be living in the same country even, but like they are really good friends just off of Matchmaker Monday. And so if I was going to start a Snapchat again, I literally would only have it just to do, to do different that. campaigns and like, uh, I don't know what else because just... Once a platform deletes you, you just feel trepidation around posting any type of content. So For sure. Because I think like, that's the yeah. thing it goes with. It's like, you know, the reminder that you don't own this space. And so you build up this content yep. and then they delete it. And it's like, okay, well, that was for nothing. <laughs> exactly. You build up a community and people get used to seeing you there. And then they can just choose to hit delete on your page at any time. And it just... You know, it basically takes everything away that you work for. So it becomes frustrating when you do want to exist in a space, but it's almost like they're saying they don't want you there because your content isn't welcome. And you don't even know if it's a bot or if it's a real person. Yeah. You know, you just know that you did something that they deem to be against their community guidelines and you can't even contest it because you don't know what was done. Yeah, it, it sucks. So, it does. but if you did bring it back, that would be fun. Matchmaker Mondays. <laughs> yes, because I just think that people should have the opportunity to like get to know each other. And the thing about it that I like that's different than say, um, like a dating website is it's a quick little snapshot of a person, and then you have the choice to reach out to people, or they have the choice to reach out to you. And then, like, if you're on the receiving end you basically get to kind of filter people out based For on sure, like, yeah. how they approach you, their pictures and stuff. And, you know, it just, it shows you how far your image can reach because you might be talking to somebody over in Korea, or you might be talking to somebody over in Australia that's interested in you. And it's like, wow, this opens up a whole new world of possibility besides just who's available in my hometown. And right where I am. Yeah. Yep. I love it. All right. So the reason you're here. <laughs> First, for people who are not familiar with you, how did you get into this space? Like, how did you decide, I want a career as a sexologist? Well, I, um, my dad encouraged me to use my natural gift for writing. He was like, I don't care what you write about, but you are talented and I feel like you need to use your, your writing skills. And if you use your skills of writing, you're going to get everything that you want in life. 
So I was like, okay. And this was back in like 2009 when he pulled me to the side and was just like, you need to do something with this. And so blogging was the, the thing back then where it was just making its way out into the world um, way before podcasting, which at the time podcasting was like this thing, but no one it was knew about still it. A four, yeah, right. <laughs> Only like people who were cutting edge or like, into the digital space because I had a friend that had a podcast at the time on blog talk radio. So I remember blog talk radio. Yes. Yeah. Blog talk (laughs) was like the first podcasting for real, for real. Um, And it was all done through phone. But anyway, so I was like, I want to start a blog and I was like, well, I know with a blog in order for it to be successful, you have to get up and be dedicated to like creating content, putting content out there. So what would I feel motivated to get up and write about, all the time. And so at first I started like a fashion blog and it lasted for a short time. But then I was like, okay, I feel like I want to actually write about something that's going to bring some substance to this world. Well, Mm. what do I know a lot about and what, where does my writing, where is it needed? And I started doing some research and I was like, oh, well, I know a lot about sex. And so I got really nuanced though. I was like, okay, there's a lot of sex writers and people out here who talk about sex, but where can I serve the best? And so I started doing some research to see how many black people were in the space, especially Mm. those who were prominent. And because like right now we see a lot of black sex educators, but back in 2009, that's not, this is not the the climate that we have now, which I like to think that I have a good amount of influence over is not the climate that was back then. And so, all right, black women need somebody to represent them because, you know, black women don't even necessarily feel that cosmopolitan speaks their voice. So let me, um, let me just jump in the game and and get started. And so I started my blog, glamorotica101.com in 2011. And I also started a YouTube channel in combination with it because I noticed that as far as visuals were concerned, everybody's talking about sex, but like really showing people how to do it without having to watch porn. I was like, we don't see that enough. So I was like, let me just start it. Here we are. Here we are like eight years later going on nine years. And that's what I think I loved about your content. One, it was like you said, the visual. It's Mm -hmm. easy to make a list of the top five sex positions you should try on top right? But it's very rare that you see the person who's teaching you actually say, all right, I'm going to put, I'm going to drop the video on YouTube and I'm going to have a cute <laughs> little male model and I'm going to show y'all <laughs> mm-hmm. how it's done. And I remember your videos like, oh snap, that's, that's what's up. Like, yep, I could be a couch surfer. <laughs> and I have more, I have more coming. It's just like the last few years have like with all this, the changes in content and sets the foster laws and just how everything's been changing with censorship online. It's like I've been laying low because my YouTube channel is like an OG, first of all. And then secondly, <laughs> like YouTube really promotes my page. And so um, while, while a lot of sex educators have had their pages flagged or taken down, you know, my page has been standing and I'm like, okay, I want to remain standing. So let me just lay low and let the old work work for me. And then I'll come back in a similar fashion with a little, even a little more censorship. Um, just to make sure that I'm in within the community guidelines. But <laughs> yeah, and you know what, too? I put myself inside of the videos because I didn't have a budget to pay anybody else. I was just like, I got you. Uh, I'm, I'm down to do this because, you know, it's funny. 
You ask somebody to get on camera and get into a sex position with clothes on, and they're just as trepidatious as they would be if you asked them to do it naked. Because it's like the shame. It's still the thing. And it's one of the things I try to do here on the podcast and bring it in experts like yourself. It's still so much shame and shh around sex. You know what? Yeah, it absolutely (laughs) is. And for the world that I live in, it's so interesting because I live in a sex positive world because I am sex positive. And then a lot of my colleagues and friends are in the same space. So my reality looks a lot different than the average person. So then when I go into average civilian life and I'm interacting with like that common person, it just reminds me of just how much work is necessary to be done in this world to really liberate people. Because me and my friends and my colleagues, we are a very small fraction of the world. Yes. The majority of the world is still very much caught up in like this dogma that degrades and diminishes the power of sex and it makes it this thing that it's not, you know. Um, And I think that's the thing too, like kind of talking about the spectrum that you're mentioning a little bit where people look at me and I'm not a sex educator, but I encourage sex positive environment and mm -hmm. I want women, especially black women to enjoy sex for pleasure (laughs) and speak up and demand their pleasure. And that's kind of what I try to use my platform for. And so when someone looks at me and they're like, Oh my God, you're out there. And I'm like, I'm not like (laughs) just because I'm comfortable talking about sex and I'll say the word dick or I'll say I enjoy anal sex. Like Mm -hmm. that does not make me (laughs) like it's so many people on the other side of the spectrum where I admire people like you, like, or I look at like a jet setting Jasmine, like all these people, I'm like, that's so dope. It's a world that I, I actually haven't tiptoed in or experienced a lot of kinks and fetishes um, firsthand, but mm-hmm. I like to learn about them maybe yeah. one day. <laughs> people definitely have to understand it's a spectrum because your idea of what it means to be a freak is definitely different than the next person, especially if mm-hmm. you are, uh, if you have delved into the world of kink where practically everything could be a fetish, you know, or turn you on and, and how you play with those things and exercise those things can go from like very soft to very hard. Um, so when people say, oh, sex is boring, I'm like, well, that just means that you're doing one thing, one kind of way consistently. Yeah. Your, your erotic imagination and your erotic awareness is limited um, just of education and just awareness. And so once your awareness is brought to a a different part of the spectrum, then you realize like, oh, wow, there's so much more that we can do. So much more. (laughs) (laughs) And I think too, even like, you know, I've had an episode where I had a sexologist come on and was trying to tell, you know, how can you have the conversations with your partners that you want to try new things or you want to explore new things and you want to do it with them and so many people have these little you know I don't want to say insecurities but they get really clammed up when you start mentioning trying new things sexually um mm-hmm. and if for you I always like to give varied opinions what would be a piece of advice you would give someone listening now like you know just how you're saying like everything's on a spectrum you know what piece of advice would you give someone who wants to try these new things but doesn't know how to broach it with their boo 
Well, first and foremost, drop the judgment of yourself. The reason why the, the conversation gets awkward or you clam up is because you're judging what it is you desire. And judgment makes you small. It restricts mm. you. It, it restricts your ability to allow love to flow through, through your life or through your experience. So if you first drop the judgment of what it is that you desire and just realize that desire is just that, it's not good or bad, it's just what you feel. And mm. really your desire is how the creator, universe, whatever you want to call it, wants to flow through you and experience life through you. So if that is through some type of sexual experience, then don't judge it. Let it flow so that way you can really feel into it. And then once you do that, you won't have that shame around expressing to your partner what you want to experience because you realize that this is a healthy desire um, it's healthy for you to want to express it and for you to want your partner to share in that experience with you creates expansion, deeper mm. intimacy. So drop in the judgment first and then thinking to yourself or asking yourself, how do I want to communicate this? In what way can I communicate this where it's going, it's going to feel comfortable for me? So if you don't feel yet that you have the confidence to verbally admit to your partner that you want to do something like, okay, let's say suck their toes, for instance. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is something that hasn't been brought up yet. Maybe you have a big foot fetish and you just discovered it because you saw something Jet Setting Jasmine did and it turned you on. And then in, in her post, she talks about foot fetishes. And now you're like, oh, well, I have a foot fetish and I really want to suck my partner's toes, but I don't know how to bring that to them. First, drop the idea that it's weird because it's not weird. And then you can just send like a little text message that uh, <laughs> preludes with like a compliment and uh, a, a phrase of admiration because admiring your partner or your, your partner feeling admired is number one, a form of love. And two, it creates like this sense of safety that allows people to relax into pleasure. So... Um, and if you also make your desire about mutually like experiencing each other and it not just being something that only you want to experience, you just want to use your partner in the experience. If you make it seem like this is something that I enjoy and I would like for you to enjoy it with me, then it also uh, takes the pressure off of this idea that, you know, your partner has to be on board, mm. like dropping that idea too, that your partner has to say yes, like practice just asking. Um, I love that. And instead of making this a demand, we always want to make requests of our partners and, you know, make a request for them to join in on whatever it is that we want to experience. And maybe, maybe the request um, isn't made to where, you're actually asking if they want to participate right then and there. Maybe you work your way up to asking for the participation, but you start with just letting your desire be known. So for the foot fetish example, you can say, you know, send a, send a text message, you know, your feet look really cute today, you know, or I, I really enjoy your feet and I enjoy when you allow me to pleasure, pleasure you through massaging your feet. Or, Come on with the examples. Or, you know, <laughs> your feet are so soft. I love having them in my hands. I love bringing you pleasure by rubbing your feet. Next time I rub your feet, can I kiss them? You know, or 
I, I would really love next time for you to put your toes in my mouth. Mm. Is that something? What do you think about sucking toes? Do you think you would like that? Well, what if I did that to you? Would you be open to that? Or what if we played a game um, with your feet? Like, what if I wanted you to just put your feet on my face? Like, just giving You just dropped, like, 12 examples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just giving some options and then seeing what your partner says back. And then if they do say something like, oh, no, I'm not into that, then um, not to question what they're into, but just to understand uh, where their head is, you can ask, would you be open to explain? Uh, would you care to share what turns you off about feet? Ah. Or, or, you know, would you be open to discussing what makes you feel uncomfortable with me sucking your toes? You know, instead of saying, well, why aren't you into it? Or what's the turn off? Because in saying it like that, then it kind of feels like there's judgment behind that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And what if that person is not open to discussing why they're not into it? When you ask a question like that, well, why not? Well, why won't you allow me to do it? You know, or going into the whole pleading, begging, oh, please let me do it. It's like, if you, if you present it where you're asking the question of, you know, would you care to share or um, would you like to delve deeper into explaining or would you like to share with me why? then it's asking for consent yeah. because to just like present a person with the only option of like answering your question and like forcing them into a discussion at that time, it can turn into an uncomfortable type of communication where it feels like you have to defend your no yeah, instead of. No, I was gonna say just listening to you and, and how all of the ways you framed it. Um, it just goes back to show like, one of the biggest parts about sexual experiences is communication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you're saying is it's, it's all about how you are framing it versus making yourself feel shamed about what you want to try and potentially giving your partner the chance to be like, no, I'm not really feeling that because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. And it creates a safe space for them to say no. A lot of people feel pressured into having sex with their partners because of, you know, what is assumed is obligatory because of the status of your relationship. Like, oh, Mm. we're married, so I'm obligated to oblige my partner's requests for sex because this is what a wife does or this is what a husband does. And so when you always leave the space open for your partner to say no, and then you know that that no doesn't, stop your love it doesn't you know shift your connection but it's just a no to this thing right now in the present because it could be yes later but when you at least leave the option open for no then it it creates a space of respect and safety for your partner and so people don't think about just how a shift in your words and your approach and intention can really change how a person um embracing sexuality i mean just even even just maintaining a person's autonomy and creating a space where they can say no and feel safe saying no and then letting it just be that yeah that is a lot i think um and i think in in general too um 
just feeling safe enough to even explore with your partner. I just, Mm -hmm. just keep hearing you saying the word safety and feeling safe. Um, I think for me, that has been the key for me to explore things and try new things um, with people who I'm sexually, you know, engaged with. Um, It's just that I I know you aren't going to judge me. You know, if you say no or I say no, it's like, okay, well, we could try something else. <laughs> but I, I, I never for actually said the word, like, I feel safe. But I, just hearing you verbalize that, like, well, that's all that was. <laughs> right. And because people don't, um, people don't really understand, understand exactly how much safety plays into sex, especially for women, you know. And mm-hmm. the vagina, the yoni is very responsive to that because she she is created with an internal defense mechanism. Mm. So it's like, if she doesn't feel safe, if the body doesn't feel safe, if there is something registering in the energy body that perceives a threat, the vagina is going to be locked up and tight. She's like, anybody. Yeah. You know? So safety is key. Adoration and appreciation are key. Keys to unlock sexual potential, pleasure potential. So love it. (laughs) Love it. And that's the thing too. I think, you know, what I enjoy about the content that you put out too, um, even though you are a sex educator and you're trying to um, teach people new things and explore new things, um, I do I always feel like it's dosed in, uh, it's like enriched and wrapped in empowerment, right? And so absolutely, even taking your, I've signed up for your um, Rodham Cow Girl workshops, which yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and I feel like even taking those, I don't always do them live, but I'll do the replays. And <laughs> I'm always one, I'm like, this is bomb. Like you come out and, you, and even the attire you wear, right? To me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in here by myself. Why am I in fully clothes? Exactly. Workout clothes. Exactly. And that's one thing that I always <laughs> like, I encourage women to do. I'm like, you're at home working out by yourself. You're not in a class with anybody else. This is the one time where you could put on a bra and panties and do your thing. Or you could be naked if you wanted to. The whole purpose is to build a deeper relationship with your body. And if you can't even like get down to like the bare minimum underwear when you're by yourself, that says a lot. Yeah. It says a lot. About it does. How and we're I, programmed. It, it, it doesn't. Cause I was like the first couple, like, I think like the first week or two, like I'm legit. Like I'm going to the gym. I have one capris, <laughs> the bra, everything. And I'm like, you're just going in your basement. Like, what are you doing? And so the next time I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I had a little pair of little booty shorts on. Yes. Like, right. And so I'm like, your instructor is here in panties and a bra. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the experience changed though. Exactly. The experience completely changed for me. Because now it's like you can really feel the sweat rolling off your body. You don't have anything that's holding you back. You don't have anything to hide behind, especially if you do it in front of a mirror or something reflective. Mm -hmm. Like it's a relationship between you and your body and you see how you're moving and you see how your body shifts from week to week. The more you do the workouts, because a lot of women start out very stiff and not really in tune. And then as they go through and start to trust their body more, 
it's like, oh my God, I've gotten stronger. I can actually move better. And I love getting the testimonials from the women who are putting what we're learning into practice. Like, listen, okay, I got my own little testimonial (laughs) now, okay? (laughs) And I think, you know, the thing is, it's um, all right. So I'm I'm having really good sex with someone currently. Like, it's gone. Yes, Lord. Yes. And that's always great, right? And right. so what I love is that it is very, it's a very open space. And I was like, you know what? Let me stop playing around because I'm a big girl too. Yes, big girls. So always has that slight trepidation about getting on top. Always, mm-hmm. no matter how many times I do it, I'm always like, uh, especially if it's a new partner. Mm-hmm. So I remember the one, this is like the second time we're at like having sex and he's like, get on top. And I'm like, sure. Like, but I do it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I've never shared this on here, but I am riding and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm hitting that five minute point. It's time to switch. Like, I, he's like, no, like keep going. And I'm like, okay. Yes. All right. Like, yes. but he, it's a very, the, every time we have sex, it's just a very intense experience, which I appreciate. But for this time, like, he was like, no. And then he take and not that I'm worried about my body, like, you know, I'm fat, like, whatever. So he takes off my top. And yes. like, it was just this whole thing. And I was like, damn, that shit was bomb. Like, I've never been one to say riding is my favorite. Like, I know if I ride, I will, I will come. I'll have an orgasm. Yes. But I, I never still never prefer it to be my first pick. Like, I just don't like doing it. So after that experience, I was like, shit. And then I go on Instagram and I saw your class and I was like, you've been following her for forever. <laughs> Just sign up. Sign up. So I do it. Yes. I, I've been doing the classes. I do the master class. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I got that ass this time. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he very likes the slow, drawn out. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, now I'm going to get that ass in five minutes. Got it. Like, that's, I'm going to get him. Literally, he's like, you better get off me because I'm going <laughs> to ejaculate on you. Like, he didn't say that. He's like, I'm about to come in you. Like, yes. get off of me. Yes. And I'm yes. like, nope. He's like, I'm for real. Stop <laughs> playing with me because I'm going to come in you. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And he literally pushed me like off. Mm, yep. And I think that's how I hurt myself because <laughs> when I was like, I was in pain, but I was like, that's probably when he pushed me. I kind of, the way I felt, I landed a little wrong. Yep. But I felt so good because I have never had that reaction from a man and I will credit it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've I been trying to tell people because there's a lot of educators out there that now are teaching like writing technique but it's more than just that. It's like having this confidence in your body, keeping the pacing, the way that mm-hmm. you breathe, the way that you connect with your partner when you're up there. Like, especially if he's already a fan of being ridden, then he already knows like what types of strokes do it for him. But when you're on top as the one that's delivering the stroke, you have the power and the control mm-hmm. over you know, where it's put, how deep it's put, how you stroke it, the tension of your coochie, you know, by like practicing Kegels. I mean, it's uh, such a beautiful dance and you know, you got them when they want to push you off. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, okay, all right, I got you. I was going to finish you right there, but you know, you you didn't want to go that route. 
Like, you're right. I need to get off because I ain't on birth control. You're absolutely Ma'am. right. Let me get off. <laughs> Ma'am, that that has been my thing. Like, I've been shelter in place during quarantine and, like, being on vacation in Cali. I've just been kind of cashing in on dick appointments. And, <laughs> and that's been the thing is, like, listen, you need yeah. to chill. I'm like, I will chill. Let me know when you're there, like, yeah, to the listen. break. I will listen, move. Linda. Yeah, I will move. <laughs> this <Linda>. is Linda. <laughs> <laughs> listen. So, oh, so people listening, because right, I feel like this is the best commercial. You should be greeting your phone out now and heading to her Instagram website, yes. signing up. And the but, thing is, right now, because I had a world tour going on where I was hitting like 28 different cities and COVID shut it down. So it went digital. So yes. right now, this is considered to be like a preview of the program because this is literally a fitness program with with four different types of workout that cater to different like pillars of what I consider this workout to be stamina, strength training, and stretching. So getting flexible, being able to last for more than 30 seconds without dying, yes. <laughs> and, getting, <laughs> and getting stronger so that you can have the stamina. And, you know, we have like four live practice um, days throughout the week. And it's, of course, subject to my schedule. Like if I'm on vacation or I have something going on, I may cancel a live class. But I send, you know, replays via email. But come like late August, early September, it's all going to change to a monthly subscription, mm, a monthly okay. membership um, where everything, all cowgirl, everything is going to live on its own website thecowgirlworkout.com and it's going to be more than just like the movements i'm going to start delving more into nutrition and foods to help with like libido boosting and hormonal balancing different guided meditations to work on the spirit so it's mind body spirit um is what this is all about for me because it's about empowering women to take charge it's about empowering women in having control over their bodies and empowering women to have control over their pleasure. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, being on top is about being in control of how the stroke is delivered and how much pleasure you want to receive. Because like once you learn how to move, then you can stay up there for as long as you want because you can speed up his stimulation or slow it down. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I can attest, and especially because, you know, everybody jokes like, especially now with Meg the Stallion and her twerking, uh, like, uh, I need the knees, right? And yep. that was always my thing, too. Like, oh, my God, I just... <laughs> especially on the bed, like, on the couch, oh, okay, yeah. cool. But on the bed, it's like, oh, God, do we have to? Yep. But now I don't have that dread anymore. Like, it really is just like, okay, we're going to make this Because you got work. the tips, because you know, you know what to do, and then you, be, and then you practice. So yep. it's different if somebody just tells you, oh you know, move like this, move like that. But when you have, you know, a coach who is literally showing you how to move, encouraging you to move that ass at least like three or four times a week, it's like, okay, it's keeping you in shape. Like people don't understand. Sex is a physical, the the physical act of sex is physical. So the more you stay in shape, the more you actually get movement into your regular routine, the better sex will be. And this does not mean you have to be a certain size or have like that's six the point pack abs. Yes. You know, you can be a big girl and, and be in shape to ride dick. And this is what the one thing that I always encourage my ladies because I'm like, 
I don't know where people get it in their head that my class is for small women, but I'm like, <laughs> most of the women that I coach are thicker women, like size 12 and up. And, yeah. I, I, and I'm like, that's something that you're projecting onto the class. Like, and I can understand because I know that a lot of this stuff out here that we see really does exclude larger bodies. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like that. And so I've never been the kind of person to do that because I've always been a larger woman. You know, I've, I've always been in a size 10, 12, like the biggest, like 14, I'm tall. So I'm like, well, if I can move my ass and, and know how to control <laughs> my thighs, I can encourage women my size and even bigger. And that, that's, um, I think, an aspect of the physical act of sex that it just kind of like baffles me that people don't think that individuals in larger bodies can move. Yeah. I, I think, too, um, you know, even in personal experience, I think people, not people, men in particular, are shocked because I am bigger. And it's like, oh, you could, you flexible? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I do, I can only imagine um, if somebody, you know, is a larger woman or even larger men, um, and you don't have that confidence that it, you can be intimidated or scared to try new things or, or get on top. Like, am I going to be able to ride a dick for 30 minutes? Yes, I, you can. You can. I'm, I'm so. just going to say to anybody out there in a larger body, do not let your size be the reason why you don't have great sex because Come on now. that is literally an excuse that you're using to hold yourself back. Your size, if you have an able body, meaning you're not paralyzed in any kind of way, your body yes. can do some amazing things. And it's all about you telling it what to do because you're, you have dominion over your body. You tell your body what to do, not the other way around. And I think that it really does require that type of empowerment for people to realize like you are in control of your body, not the other way around. So how did you, um, you know, get so comfortable with your body because you take amazing photos like the stuff you post on Instagram. Like where did this confidence for you come from? Oh, wow. It actually, it took a long time. It it took me working with myself at every stage of my life. You know, I started puberty at eight years old and um, I, I had a, a more developed body when I was younger. And so my mother she cloaked me in clothes that didn't really show off curves and, you know, hid, hid the, the parts that were a little more adults, as they always say. And uh, so it took some time for me to actually come from under this idea that it was like a bad thing to show off my body. And so throughout my early 20s, um, but even when I was in high school, like dance really opened up a lot for me. I've always been a dancer, but when I took like classes that were more professional and structured, my dance teacher actually empowered me because she was like, you have long legs. Mm. Everybody wants long legs and dancing. And so make sure you use them and stretch them. And then having to like undress very quickly in front of people and it's really not even a thing because you're literally changing into a new costume and running back out on stage to get to your next piece. It was like going through that type of process and dancing really helped me to become more comfortable with my body. 
And uh, so movement essentially was very healing for me. And then when I started modeling, I remember gotcha. moving to New York City right out of high school. And I would always get asked, like, oh, are you a model? And so when I started modeling, it was like the same thing. When you're backstage and you have to get back out on the runway, um, you can't worry about who's looking at you. So you just have to change your clothes really quick and receive the assistance of whoever is around you to get into your next <laughs> and then get back out there on the runway. And so doing that, so modeling and movement, and then also just mirror work, spending time in the mirror naked and looking at myself. I've always done that since I was younger. Um, I, I, you know, you just said that. And I'm also, you know, I get listener letters every now and then, or people will message me and be like, Oh, I can't believe you shared this. or you did this, whatever. And I was so shocked. I did an episode a while ago about masturbation. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at like how many women in particular had never masturbated, didn't own a vibrator, et cetera. And just hearing you say like, you know, I did mirror play and I would look in the mirror. Like even this weekend, like I needed some self-care and I just recently got into lingerie. I shared that. Oh, yes. Um, so I put that on. I had my silk robe on. Yes, silk and, robe. Like, yeah, I'm I'm setting the scene for myself. Nobody mm-hmm. was here, lit the candle, and maybe about two, three hours. It might have been three hours, but it was just all me. All mm-hmm. me. That's all I wanted. <laughs> it That's was all you need sometimes. That's it is. And I mean, I capitalized on it. I took some pictures and a little video and sent it to the boo thing. But you know, I was already in the mood. I felt like it. We did that. But I'm just so amazed at how many women don't even feel comfortable just doing that with themselves. And oh, I, yeah. I just encourage people to do that all the time. But, and I love that you've been doing that since you were like in high school. That's amazing. But oh, yeah. And then too, like um, I have a twin sister and so I've always had somebody there to kind of like, you know, I guess mirror my body against not like in a competitive way, but just like, looking at her body and feeling comfortable with her body and then looking at my body and saying, oh, okay, you know, we're twins, but then they're also slightly different, but also similar. And um, her, my mom, her, my mom and I, we've always like helped each other to moisturize because like yeah. everyone's always like, oh my God, Tayoma, your skin looks so great. Like what do you use? And I'm like, this has been a lifetime of self-care with my skin. Um, I was always like encouraged to moisturize coming straight out of the bath or straight out of the shower. So when you look at my skin, it's a lifetime of care. And so my mother, she would say, Hey, can you put some lotion on my back or Vaseline or whatever, you know, moisturizer she had. And then it would be the same for me and my sister. Like we would help each other moisturize. And so I think too, just like being in a community of women, even though the community of women are my family members, Mm -hmm. just like being able to, I guess, interact with our, each other's bodies in an intimate way really did help me too, with just like body confidence and then just embracing my body where it is in the moment because my weight fluctuates, it goes up and down. And that's all based on like, how I feel about myself mentally. Mm. It's based on what my diet is like at the time. And I will say like right now at this present moment, I'm in the best relationship with my body that I've ever been in because I'm, 
actually paying attention to what it's telling me as far as the food and the things that I'm putting inside of it and um, getting, you know, hydrotherapy for my colon and all kinds of stuff. And so it's like the, the more I have a, a loving relationship with my body where I'm not ignoring it and just like abusing myself. When I say abusing yeah. myself, it's like doing those things I know don't serve me. Like, okay, I know I'm allergic to a certain food like dairy or, you know, when I eat raw vegetables, even though vegetables are healthy for you, the raw state of vegetables isn't good for my body because it doesn't break it down that comfortably. Mm. So, but I'm still giving my body these things, which then places it under stress to have to digest. And so then that makes me sick. So being able to be aware of that process and say, okay, let me not eat dairy. Okay. Let me steam my vegetables. You know, it's like honoring my body and what it needs to function at its healthiest. So then the energy that's being used to digest food isn't consuming all of my energy. It's like, okay, you're placing ease on the digestive process, which then allows more energy to be open to lend to my libido or to lend to my erotic imagination. And people don't even understand just how much of their body's energy is tied up in survival and it trying to combat the abusive things that we do to it. And the abuse sometimes is unconscious just because there mm. is a disconnect between the, what the body is communicating and then what we're consciously picking up on. Because a lot of this self-abuse is tied to other things like acceptance or what we perceive to be love. And you have to, or like some type of emotional tie. Yeah. And it's a lot to have to like <laughs> undo, but that's a part of like having that, having that relationship with your body and feeling really comfortable is having that type of intimate communication because then when it comes to sex, then you're really aware, like hyper aware. Yeah. yeah, I love it. All right. That's a, a good place to end on. Um, we're now at the part where I do the breakdown and I'm going to say one word. You can say the first thing that comes to mind. It can be a sound, a phrase, whatever. Okay. All right. First one, orgasms. Yummy. <laughs> Self-love. Necessary. Fetishes. Oh, my life. <laughs> <laughs> Oral sex. Oh, also necessary. <laughs> Porn. Oh, um, I'm going to say problematic. And there's a lot to unpack right there because it, like, pro- that's the first thing that comes to mind because of just the, the amount of porn that is proliferated throughout the world that is problematic. And I know quite a few uh production companies and and talent who are putting out porn that's way more ethical and mm. it's you know beautiful work but when we look at it in general the fact that it excludes female pleasure primarily it's problematic yes I, yes especially people try to use that as the tool in which they learn all things sex okay girl <laughs> <laughs> all right next one booty oh my favorite <laughs> Power. Oh, power. Sexy. 
All right, last one, cowgirl. <laughs> cowgirl is like me. me. I am cowgirl. <laughs> look, you know, I um I before I'm I'm gonna let you plug now, but before I do that, look, I, I'm I'm gonna give another testimonial. Go ahead and sign up because she's gonna tell you where soon. But sign up because you want to be a dick assassin because that's what she trains. <laughs> yes, yes, I, yes, I do. And you want to know what? Let me tell you something. The moment you know you have arrived at assassin level is okay. when you're on top and you're looking at him, like you're staring at him, and the face that he makes is like this, like it's like disbelief. I might be close. I might be close because I caught, <laughs> I and caught a get, glimpse of a face that y- I was yes. like, I was gonna say he probably would try to hide it from you. It was but, almost like he wasn't there in his body. That's yes. what it looks like a little bit. But um, I'm yes, going to keep an eye out now. He knows that you have him. That <laughs> is, it's that point where he knows that you have him by his dick with your coochie, with the sheer power. And so he's just looking like, what? How? What? You know, <laughs> trying try to figure it out, but then also trying to stay in the moment because it feels so good. And then also trying not to reveal the fact that he is in disbelief of what is going on. It's just like the sheer pleasure. And so he will try to hide it from you, but that is how you know you have reached the level because he- Look, you should You should sell like badges or buttons or something that says like, I'm a dick assassin. <laughs> I, you know what? I got, I got merch on the way. Like I have so many plans for this, even training other women in how to teach others yeah, the technique because- cool. I'm only one person and I feel like there needs to be multiple trainers around the world because this is a, a woman thing. Like I swear to God, this is something that women all around the world have issues with. So if you're out there listening and you feel like you're alone and having issues with riding dick, it's not you. It's literally the fact that this technique is complicated in a way. And there isn't much literature in the world on how to do it. So I'm working on my first book, publishing the complete guide on guide. I love it. Yeah. My goal is to have the manuscript done before the end of the summer. You know, I've been practically working on this book all year and like you pick a good year to work on it. We have to be in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But until then, if anybody wants to join the preview of the workout, like I said, right now you just pay for a pass. You pay one time and it gets you into all the live classes. And then it places you on the email list to receive replays. Now, my emails, for some reason, they go to spam. So you're going to have to make sure you're checking all of your folders, your junk, your spam, your promotions, your social folders, all <laughs> of your folders, because for some reason, my emails don't make it into the main inbox. But you know, you have the option to download some of the videos that you really do enjoy. So you can like put together your own kind of sequence of workouts. But I highly suggest working out, practicing like three to four times a week. Um, it is recommended that everyone puts at least 15 to 20 minutes of movement into their regular Mm -hmm. schedule on a daily basis. So if you're doing 30 minutes to an hour of workout, which typically that's like a one workout, uh, pretty much comes out to is like an hour at max when we practice masterclass is usually two hours just because I'm breaking down everything and we're practicing, um, 
but you can find the pass to the current classes that go through September 20th, 2020 on my website, Sensual Fitness by Ty. That's T-Y dot com. So Sensual Fitness by Ty dot com. And you can also find the link to that on my Instagram page at Real Glamazon Tayomi. If you click the link inside of my bio, there will be a button um, that says join the cowgirl workout. And so you click that, it'll take you to my site. Please make sure you read everything on the page before you purchase. I know so many get excited when they find out that there is a program like this. So before you buy, read everything. So that way it prevents you from having to send customer service questions that have been answered on the site already. Um, and remember, this program right now is good until September 20th. And then after that, it turns into a monthly subscription base where I'm keeping it at low cost because I want as many women as possible to be able to access mm-hmm. all of the things that I have to give to you to help empower you mind, body, and spirit because uh, it's necessary right now. And so once it goes into a monthly membership, it'll be $25 a month. It's like probably less than even LA fitness and you're not getting as much. (laughs) (laughs) You're not getting as much. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's at Glamazon Tayomi. And then my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash glam erotica 101. And if you forget any of that, if you just put Tayomi, T-Y-O-M-I or Glamazon Tayomi into Google, you will find everything, all of my websites, my YouTube channel, different interviews about me or interviews that I've been a part of and all that good stuff. So looking forward to teaching you. Yes. And I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com. So thank you so much, Tayomi, for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was great. All right. I want to thank our guest, Glamazon Tayomi, for all of the amazing jewels that she dropped in this episode. I'm telling you guys, go follow her now. Women, ladies, go sign up right now for the Rodham Girl Cowgirl Workshops. Um, they're so amazing. You heard my testimonial. And now that you're following Glamazon on social, you'll see all of the amazing uh, testimonials that she shares there. She's super dope. And I was just happy to have her on the podcast. All right, guys. So that is it. Season seven of the Booney Breakdown podcast is now a wrap. It is finito. It is done. And... If this was your first time listening to an episode, welcome. Thank you for listening to the entire episode. I appreciate you for my ratcheteers, my tribe. I love you. Thank you guys so much for getting us here. Another season is done. You guys are so bomb. We will be back for season eight of the Booney Breakdown podcast on Monday, August 31st, 2020. So go ahead and mark your calendars now. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or any apps that you listen to your favorite podcasts on. Don't forget to leave those reviews too. I know you guys are going to let me reach my goal of 100. I think I need two or three more reviews to get there. And you might not hear your review on the next episode, but you'll hear it next season. All right. Follow us on all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images for nothing. Have a dope ass week. 
Have a dope ass rest of your summer, guys. Stay healthy, stay safe and sane. I want to hear from you guys at the end of this summer. All right. Thank you for listening as always. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Ho, my stay. See you next season. <laughs>